Yes, what is good? You are tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio's South Asian show. I'm joined today in the studio by Halima. What's up, guys? How is everyone? And we should have both Ben and Sakshi on live stream. Can you hear us? Hello, hello. Yes, hello. Cool. Sorry about the delay there. Had a bit of technical difficulties with the computer, but we're all ready to go ahead now. So... Those of you that might know, not know Sakshi, Sakshi is one of our team members who recently carried out an interview with um, Sarafi Kowa. So if you want to go check that out on our YouTube, you should go do that. Um, obviously, Ben, you know, aka Childish Gandino, aka... Um, <laughs> yeah, you get the vibes. And Halima, aka... What's your... Elias. Oh man, I've been on the spot now. Also, is my mic on? I don't know. Maybe we were over to Simran had this. Testing. Wait one sec. Testing. Yeah, similar hey. to that one. Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Gotti, gotti. Yeah, Simran had that problem last week. I don't know what's wrong with that mic. Right. Okay, so like I said, this week we're going to get a bit interesting um, on Mango Masala. Getting a bit clo- close and personal, guys. Yeah. I see. <laughs> the perfect backtrack to that. Ooh. Nice. Very nice. Feel like I need a shower. (laughs) Wait, wait, feel like I need a shower? Yeah, it was like a dirty and bantam move, you know what I mean? That was a (laughs) groovy thing. Oh, dear. But anyway, in all serious notes, obviously tomorrow is Valentine's Day. So, Yes, so obviously... um, I know I'm in a couple. Ben, you're in a couple. Do you, what have you got anything planned? Also, Ben, I've just noticed I'm loving the lighting for Valentine's Day. I appreciate you the know, effort. You know. <laughs> I thought I'd add the extra. I, I thought I'd add the extra effort. You know, I've got yeah. the lights. Thought I might as well set them in the mood. Yeah, Saks, you need this to. Step, is... Saks, you need to step step your game up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know that was that red lighting was intentional. I just thought that's your room. But wow, you've made effort. <laughs> like. I've, I've paid a lot of money on these lights and at union, so I thought, do you know what? House parties, any events, anything, it's ready. It's got, it's got to be. Nice, sure. nice. So, um, Ben, do you have any plans for Valentine's Day tomorrow? Yeah, we're just going to... Well, actually, oddly enough, we're making candles tonight, so we're actually Aww. we're actually making a lot of things. And, um, yeah, going to have some food, going to do some Prosecco, and, um, yeah, just have a good, good night. Maybe even beer punk, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Me personally, I'm not sure Anyone what your what your dads have got planned for for us tomorrow, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but um, what is everyone's thoughts on Valentine's Day? Because I personally, me and my girlfriend Mianka, we've got because t- I have my show five to seven tomorrow, which kind of puts a scupper in the works in terms of like <laughs> Valentine's Day and that. But we're just gonna do like you know that trend on TikTok where it's like you go to Tesco. And oh, you each yeah. get like something for the other person. That's what we're doing. So that should be. I'm. I'm. Wait, this is a trend, and it's on social media that you just go to Tesco and buy something for your partner. Yeah. No, no but it's like, isn't it like, um, it's like you you have categories, and you each buy something for each category, yeah. and then you see like what you got mm. for each other. Yeah. So it's like right. you each get something that's the other person's favorite color, something that's a sweet snack, something that's a savory oh. snack. Like oh. you surprise each other, and okay, you also it. see like whether they know you. It's that cuter well. than he first described. 
Yeah, I was like, it sounds really <laughs> random. Cool. Like, what? There's a meal deal, <laughs> love. Happy it's Valentine's Monday. Day. It's a Monday, Monday romance. <laughs> but um, in terms of Valentine's Day, what's everyone's thoughts on it? Like, because I know a lot of um, quite sceptical people would say, oh, it's literally just the epitome of capitalism. Um, it's literally just a, another scheme to get people to spend money on each other. Do we think there's any pros to I it? I mean, yeah, it is, but also like it's, it's cute, nice. so shut up. <laughs> Fair. No, but... I mean, I mean, we live in a capitalist world. Everything is run yeah, by money. Yeah. You know, you know, you yeah. can't really escape it. Um, I think it's just what you make of it, isn't it? Like, obviously, is is them ones where it's like you don't need to wait for Valentine's Day to do something nice for your partner, but also it's like on a day to day basis not many people are gonna actively people are just busy with their lives you know so it's it's kind of like yeah, a nice yeah. nice day like that's spe- specifically designated yeah yeah it just makes it things a bit easier you know mm, yeah definitely and i think especially at the moment with regards to um there's so much else going on whilst also there's nothing going on it's nice <laughs> to have yeah. something to look forward yeah, to exactly like, yeah yeah, so I do think sometimes like single people can be a bit like, obviously it's it's peak if you're single and you don't want to be single, but at the same time, like, doesn't mean you have to berate people for like having a nice time with a partner, you know what I mean? Also, like, like you know, yeah, the thing is as yeah. well, like, when we think about like Valentine's Day, we think about obviously like um, romantic relationships in the sense of like partners, whereas like galentines that's also a thing me personally yes. i spend valentines with my this is so weird i spend it with my cousins every year <laughs> um just because it, like love and romance doesn't have to be always designated to just men or women you know like in, in that regard you guys wow. get what i mean yeah it's... no for real self-loving it as well like, yeah exactly well, it's like, funny that you should say that because I was actually just about to ask. What is love? <laughs> Baby, don't <laughs> hurt me. Wait. Sorry, sure, Ben. I'm going to act out in front of this because anytime I see, anytime I know that Carlos is on it, he knows he's going to just record me and like bait me out on Instagram, Facebook, <laughs> any social. You know what? Tell your girlfriend to stop recording you whilst you're on Zoom, like Zoom, and I won't put it. If she tags us, yeah, literally, if she tags us, a manga masala on Instagram <laughs> and uploads it. Obviously, I'm going to share it. So, like, I, it's not it's her <laughs> fault, not me. Like, I give you too. I give you all too much power. Too literally. much power. But going back to that, I was going to ask, what is love? Because you you guys are literally mm. just Ooh, saying. Deep question, Damn, man. Carlos. Yeah, it was well, not like that. <laughs> it's going to get a bit less deep. But basically, you were just saying about how like it doesn't have to be like romantic mm. love, and also mm. I feel like when we talk about love mm. it's quite this um western perception yeah. of it mm-hmm. like this idea yeah. of mm-hmm. like two people finding each other falling in love having this massive romantic story and then spending forever together basically which mm. is great but then it's also like is that love or are there, are there multiple meanings of love like what's the what's the search basically like, i don't know personally in my opinion like everyone's romanticized everything personally from music to arts to everything so it's no surprise people are going to romanticize the one thing that everyone wants to be in or like most people would probably want to be in eventually is within love but like it's hard to describe what love can be it could be motherly love it could be parental love it could be um work love you can be passionate about you know your art form your field whatever you want to be in and i think ultimately if it brings you joy and if it brings you a closer sense of satisfaction one within yourself because that's probably the most important part 
within any sort of format of love, the one thing you've got to be pretty strong in is yourself. Because there's no point entering anything if you're insecure about your mm. ability to do your art field or your relationship or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I think it's finding love is to find oneself before you go and try to sort of sort of show out what you might think love could be. Mm-hmm. I think like I think that that what what Ben just said I think like hit the the kind of all encompassing love where it can be applied differentially based on people and relationships and all that kind of stuff. I think if we then kind of hone into like what is romance, um I'm mm. bringing this up because I read I read an article recently or a few months ago that I'm going to now speak from the perspective of a heterosexual woman where this article was talking about um how to decenter men in romantic relationships um so obviously we know in all heterosexual relationships there is always a power dynamic you know between the man and the woman and not to kind of go too much into that but that is the case and and this person was talking about how in this article they were talking about how we need to decenter men in our conceptions and our notions of romance and, and know that we can find romance like through our friends and through our family and like you know when we talk about like soulmates and falling in love i think it's completely possible to fall in love with friends and 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 like family members for example not not <laughs> Not on a Lannister thing, but you know, like yes, yeah, we're, we're not, we're not, we're she's not talking about cousins, and now she's talking about family. Yeah, yeah, just, just to be clear, mango, mango masala does not advocate incest. Guys, just guys, to put that out guys, there. I'm not, I don't mean it in that way, okay? But nah, nah, I get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're yeah, saying. like there are certain friends who who are in my life, and I just look at them and I'm like, I'm literally in love with you, like as a friend, you know? And like you, yeah. this, this person is my soulmate. Even my like baby sister. I love her so much. Like she's my soulmate. It's very interesting take. I've ne- I've never heard of someone like being like, yeah, you can fall in love with your yeah. Like yeah. when you think platonically, like you can yeah, fall exactly. in love. This is the thing yeah. when you say love romance, it's mm. always sexualized. Basically, yeah, 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 yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Which is like a really, which is a real shame to be fair. Like I don't think like romance needs to be sexualized or it needs to be in between uh you know a heterosexual relationship or any you know any other type of romantic relationship um but I think because like everything we've like culturally learned Mm -hmm. that you know a romantic relationship is so important in some uh, in someone's life that we're obviously going to give it a lot of importance and i think that's how people also prioritize their time and their energy as well like i feel like romantic re- relationships always get prioritized a lot of the times um sure. whereas yeah. i think valentine's day and and love you know like it should be more sort of equal i guess um with all- Saki, you know your pen are you like tapping yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Can you stop yeah. tapping it? Because it's like going to the recording. Sorry. <laughs> like, I was trying to figure out which one of you was so that like tapping sound was coming through. But like, that's good that we know it's something that we can like stop. But yeah. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt you there. Um, do you want to just re-emphasize what you, what you were saying? Sorry. Just yeah. I was basically saying that culturally we're taught to sort of prioritize romantic relationships. Yeah. And I think, and that's where most of our energy and time goes into as well. Either if you're single, you're trying to chase it, or if you're in one, you're trying to maintain it. And um, I just think <clears throat> Valentine's Day can be sort of 
celebrating all sorts of relationships yeah. and love and, yeah. and you don't have to prioritize one single relationship I hear in your that. life i hear that yeah and also like you know when we talk about the way that when we think about love and like romantic love we think about um the the sexualized kind of monogamy partner that kind of thing um i think a lot of it is because those things i, I think the importance as well of of decentering those kind of conceptions of love is is because a lot of the times those relationships are very transactional like if we think about that really if we think about the way that relationships are sort of socialized and obviously i'm generalizing here it's like it's kind of like we get to a certain age we find a partner we settle down we build a family we, we create a life with them and it's like a lot of people settle because they feel pressured to um to fulfill mm. fulfill those certain life stages um and it, and in those ways like the relationship between a man and a woman or or you know like um again i'm talking from the perspective of a heterosexual relationship because of this inherent power dynamic it is transactional so again that's another reason why i think it's really important for us to decenter as women men when we think about romance mm-hmm. sure but i would also say in the sense mm-hmm. of whether coming coming from a transactional side of it and all mm. i think we have to remember that times are changing and like the idea of transactional relationships are, i wouldn't say necessarily fading obviously you can see it all around mm. but depending also from I guess from your cultural heritage slash how you grew up as a person or how you grow you know grow or grow up as an adult and how your relationship kind of views your life like there's for me personally and talking from my my own personal relationship yeah i've learned to kind of you know like as as you got older and especially my mum and dad having theory, literally no gender norms in this house it's my, my dad does the cooking my dad does the cleaning and it's kind of a shared sort of house here mm. and the one thing i kind of got from that was that there was a lot of equal play a lot of equal play and i think for me and personally the idea of settling down although uh, we'll get onto this but like my parents obviously being indian naturally were like wait so you're dating wait what come ag- come again <laughs> yeah yeah you want to try that one again sir and like i was like <laughs> uh i'm uh, dating and initially i thought that was going to be one of these in the back of my face but you know, like, <laughs> And it wasn't, do you know what I mean? It was, it was kind of like, all right, just make sure you know how to like kind of move, move along and how you kind of like learn to respect someone. Mm -hmm. So for me now, that's kind of set me in a place where for me, we don't, we realize that we don't have to settle down and get married, have kids and then do this nuclear formula of like having a family straight away. It's active unlearning. That's what it is. It's, it's an, it's a mm. very active unlearning and relearning. Mm -hmm. Also just a quick shout out, just a quick shout out to Simran. She's helping out with uh, mental health. In, uh, in adolescence at the moment so and she will be joining us soon so go on yeah. Literally. yes if she joins Simran, us, we're waiting for you yeah if she joins us it's actually the first time that like all five of us are actually wow together in spirit it only took like the family the family is here <laughs> yeah yeah and we're always open to um people come to the show members. yeah literally if you're interested if you're south asian or you have something that's relating to south asia that you want to promote on radio etc just reach out to us on our socials at manga masala radio or manga masala mcr and we'll see what we can do because we're always open to meeting new people hearing new things all that jazz welcome simran you're all right hi how's it going hey we're all together at the same time i can scarcely believe it (laughs) hi how's it going talking about love (laughs) yes we're talking about love valentine's day throw you into the deep end yes so let's go let's let's just start in the deep end what's everyone's um thoughts on relationships and dating 
as South Asians or as young South Asians? Um, he wants to go first. I'll be honest, there's not much for me to feed back here because um, so I'm a Bengali Muslim. <laughs> mm. We do still kind of um, follow like the arranged marriage system. One thing actually that I will use this opportunity to talk about is obviously people who are not from my community have a lot of preconceptions and I would say misconceptions about arranged marriages um, because they think that they're synonymous with forced marriages and it's just not the case at all like in Islam a forced marriage is, is haram like it's forbidden it's not allowed um, not to say that there aren't some certain a very small percentage of cultural practices that do do that but they're, they're strictly not allowed um, an arranged marriage is essentially it, it's kind of like well my family anyways and and like the, the the general community from my own experience is that you um have this thing called a biodata does everyone know what a biodata yeah. is yes yeah because yeah. there are some like there are some people that don't use them like i know there are some pakistanis that like i've spoken to and they don't know what a biodata is but i think they're, they're very generally used throughout south asia if anyone watched um what was that netflix show oh uh, matchmaking, matchmaking. Oh, oh yeah in, yeah what's the name got it yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. it Seema from Mumbai? Yeah, yeah. Seema, Seema, Seema from, Mumbai. from Mumbai. <laughs> that show was very, very, I think, obviously the the kind of cultural context was slightly different because they were Indian and they weren't Muslim, but mm. I, it was, it, yeah. I think it was, it was, it was quite, um, it, it's very similar basically to what it's like for us. So it's like, we have a bio data, you get to the age, the parents will approach you, they'll be like, do you have anyone? If you say no, they'll say like, okay, can we start looking? And then you say, yeah. And then you create a bio data and then it circulates in the wider community. And then you get bio datas back. And if you like the look of somebody, you then the families like arrange, you meet, but it's like the families meet at the same time as well. So it's like the groom side will come over to the bride side and then you go into a room and then you kind of like talk and decide if you want to see them again and you see them. And, and this is where I think, it kind of diverges a little bit because there are some cases where like from that first meeting it, it will be a few months till they, they get married like people will literally decide there and then whereas there are some some cases where it's it's a bit more drawn out like it might be a year or whatever else um but that's basically how it happens and, and the way that i always describe it to people is that imagine you're using like a dating app imagine it's like tinder or hinge or whatever else except Except for the app, it's your parents and a bio data. Like it's a paper bio data rather than a, like a dating profile, you know? Yeah, I feel like that's, um, obviously, we we live in Britain. It's like Western society and that. And I feel like a lot of people, just as we were talking before about how romance is very much sexualized and it's not really seen as anything that can ever be platonic. Mm. Um, when people think about dating to a lot of like, I think partic particularly a lot of like white people or non-BAME people, the mm. thought of ever getting their parents involved yeah. in their love life is just mm. an absolute no-go. Mm -hmm. Which, to be honest, like, I can kind of get why you would prefer to obviously do it yourself. But mm -hmm. I think the problem is interesting how you brought up this point on like the difference between arranged and forced marriage because um, my girlfriend, Mianka, actually did her dissertation on like the difference between oh, the two. She? And okay. like obviously, and when she was mm. doing that, that was the first time that I actually thought oh wait there is actually a yeah. difference which was quite ignorant of me to be honest but um mm. it was really interesting to see how um how how it's how it's tackled how the because forced marriage is mm. obviously an issue like it's saying yeah. no one should be forced yeah. to marry someone they don't want yeah. to marry yeah. um but 
um, the government in particular, in the way that they're approaching this issue, mm. is they're basically treating forced marriage and arranged marriage as essentially the same thing, uh, and basically wading their way in and trying to like interfere and stuff. Zero and cultural yeah, nuance yeah, or anything. Literally, and it's yeah. basically pushing people further in the opposite direction, and that's yeah. why you find a lot of people who are part of the diaspora who come here, um, who they end up being surrounded by Western society and wanting to go more into where they've come from essentially mm, and when mm. when the powers that be wade in and start saying no you need to do this you need to do that you tr- or, you retreat into yeah, your like native yeah. culture and that's kind of and and this <laughs> kind of speaks to a more wider thing that we won't really touch on now but this i think radicalizes people you know mm, yeah for sure um any of the guys in live stream what's your thoughts on in general relationships dating as south asians well, firstly, I think dating, like, I'm really against um, using dating apps. So for me, it's like the worst time um, to for dating because I honestly hate it. And secondly, it, when we talk about arranged marriage, I think most romances, I think, are arranged in the sense that either they're arranged by your friend, they're yeah. arranged by an yeah, app. Yeah, exactly. It's just a different arranged. way, right? So arranged is just a word of yeah. how something happens. Exactly. It doesn't necessarily have to mean forced and, you know, all of this, mm. all of this, these connotations that, that we have with it. Yeah. Um, but personally, I'm not, I'm not against arranged marriage. Um, I think it is, it can be a really good um, system to find someone, um, if not your parents, your auntie and uncles or whatever, you know, if they know you well and you have like a nice relationship with your family and, you know, I don't see why not. I don't see it as a, being a very problematic thing, to be honest. I think I think the, the, the crux of the arranged marriage issue is like the, the cultural specificities that we look for when um, forging like marital relationships i think that's what it is like that's why arranged marriage exists to this extent like um i mean throughout the subcontinent but also in like the diasporic heartlands sure sure i i understand that you know like in india and here like people sort of try and arrange marriages within their community and and they have loads of sort of requirements when they when it comes to marriages but but also on the other end i think they're just normal people also trying to find someone and yeah. the first place that they go to is their community and if yeah, they can yeah. help yeah. and get help from there then i i don't see i don't see why it's yeah. sort of a backward way of of doing it or like mm-hmm. orthodox or you know i just think it's it's just a way of meeting someone yeah exactly mm-hmm. as a point of question what does everyone think of marriage just generally speaking I'm I'm quite like traditional. I want to get married. I want to have kids. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. Like, I'm all for like um have. I, I think one thing I wouldn't. I'm I'm not like someone who goes around berating other people, saying, "Oh, everyone needs to find a partner and everyone needs to settle down." But personally, I'm someone who is a bit more traditional in the sense that I do like. I I, I it's just I feel com- most comfortable in that. But I also respect that other people might not want to do that or might feel more comfortable Mm -hmm. not tying themselves down and ultimately we society is constantly changing like we need to be open to new things and people taking different approaches to their lives basically sure yeah i'm sorry no no go go ahead go ahead like i would quite like i would definitely would be open to the idea of a marriage and i would like one for myself but i think as society does progress like carlos said like it is becoming more and more common that people aren't really going down that that avenue and it's kind of becoming a lot more normalized and in a good way that people aren't 
necessarily getting married and it gives people a little bit more liberty and freedom in terms of how they want to progress in their own lives and in their own relationships girls i've got a question are either of your guys's family like eating your head about marriage <laughs> not yet okay cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um it's mixed like they're definitely like settle down mm, but okay um or this is the beginning i'm 23 right now and then now they and with my cousin who's 25 my uncle is like mate get married what are you doing like mm. you you've got a job you've you've got you've lived life now you've traveled well, like what's more to do now. settle down i'm 23 my cousin's 25 um Ooh, so i i don't have what <laughs> Wait, so he's 25 and they're all asking him to get like, settled and married and stuff? Or... Yeah. But you think that's yeah. ridiculous, fam. These that were on me since I was 18, man. You know, so like that's women so in my family. Are you, my the, family. Halima, are you the oldest sibling? Well, so in my family, it's like my my cousins are like my siblings, basically. So like yeah. my on my dad's side, like we all either like we either grew up in the same house or like on the same street. Like we all grew up together, basically. So all my cousins nice. are my siblings, essentially, and I'm I'm next in line now. So like the ones all right. older than me, they're all married, they've got kids and stuff. And in my family, like they tend to get married quite married quite young and settle down quite young. Again, we're a very culturally like traditional family. Literally since the age of 18, man, these are, have been eating my head. Oh, my God. Is marriage in my but family? Also, that also might be because they want a wedding, though, which is so yes, different. Yes, it's true. I'm craving for it's that. It's true. I'm for my, oh, my God. It's so true. It's so true. Like, <laughs> this is another thing that we need to talk about, like, wedding season in the South Asian community, because I find it bizarre, like, when I meet non-South Asians and they're like, I've never been to a wedding. I'm like, bro, in the swing of wedding season, we sometimes have to go to, like, three weddings a day. Like, we have to split <laughs> weddings. Like, I'll go to this one, you go to that one, you go to that one. But it's def- yeah. that's also definitely a thing. Like, when we talk about, like, oh, what a family wedding? Because I feel like it's a very different experience when it's like, your own family's wedding, you know? And they'll be like, okay, you're, Ushi, you're next. Like, you go. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's also... Yeah, no, that's literally what it is. Sorry, sorry, what? That's Sorry, that I was going to say, that's also where a lot of matchmaking happens. Yes. Like a lot of, yeah, it's lot of true. single people are present. And yeah, then the is. aunties are like, this guy yeah, might be good It's true, it's true. That's why, like... Auntie... Sorry, go on, Ben. No, so your auntie Vishnu will be like, like Beta, this is Bantu, Bantu, Beta. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> Like you just like I don't know, just like it's it's kind of nice though. But in in a way, it's like you're like I don't need your help. Like I'm good. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it's like, all it's like not, personal not... prerogative, isn't it? It's like what you decide for yourself. Yeah, yeah. That that should be the crux of, of the whole. But also, Halima, to go back to your question, I just want to say, like, to offer kind of a different viewpoint, my family have been very easy on me with the whole matter. I'm 21, so obviously I'm still very young. But, like, I think they (laughs) definitely, like, respect my wish to, like, study a lot. And they know that I'm going to go quite far in my studies, like, Mm -hmm. in terms of wanting to do, like, postgrad and stuff. And they know that I'm very career-driven. So I think they're very respectful and mindful of that. So no one's, so far, put, like, a considerable amount of pressure or even to be, like, start looking or anything. They've been very, like, blasé about it, which I like because, obviously, that gives me my independence. Mm, that's good. That's mm. good. Yeah, that's no, I think amazing that's... to hear someone. I think especially... <laughs> but I think it just shows us there is progression yeah. happening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not so yeah. much like, yeah, yeah. oh, you turn 18 and now it's your time to, like, go go mm-hmm. and find a partner. Like, mm-hmm. exactly. you know, it's, it's getting more, like, independence-driven get... and a bit more, like, liber liberal yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah. but i feel like i think with indian parents or parents in south asian 
uh, diaspora. I think there's definitely like a fear yes, of like your kid being single for too long. Yeah, they're I was like, just about to bring that up. like, why are you setting down? Your like, your life needs to be sorted. Like, yeah. this is the next step. You know, for sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I've also heard a lot of like, say, someone has a kid in their mid thirties who's unmarried. They they could have the best career, like everything else. They could own their own home and everything. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. if they're oh, not married, they're not successful. Daughter. Like, yeah, they're a doctor, but they never got married. Yeah, yeah, she owns it's her own true. home it's in London. It's true. It's true. got married. Like, yeah. So it's not. It doesn't, that's not really a measure of character. Mm. Yeah. yeah, or success. And like, more so for women, yeah. I feel. The, the, these, these. Um, yes, 100%. These, these criteria are more so for women that, you know, if you're Definitely. not married as an age, yeah. your sort of value goes down. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. Yeah. you yeah. know, whereas a single man in his 40s will still be like, oh. I want a 22-year-old one. been having fun. <laughs> yeah, they're literally, and oh, I think yeah, they he's touched on this in the Netflix series. Where they said, yeah. kind of like, oh, God. Everyone's talking. <laughs> this is actually like you know what this is like the the handforth in Paris. Jackie Weaver, yeah. you have no authority have here. No, oh my It's funny you said that though. My dad told me I'm on the shelf when I'm 24. Well, I'm 24 now. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, like to speak to what Sakshi said, I've, this thing is so complicated because it's like on the one hand. What Simran said about um, we need to change our measures of what it means to be successful and live a, f- a fruitful life. And the fact that a person is able to live a fulfilled and, and fruitful life without having that, that measure of marriage and family and children. But then also going to what Sakshi said, I do understand for parents, especially immigrants who live in the West where a lot of their identity and a lot of their kind of like life is spent around trying to retain their native culture, you know, being in, being in the, in a Western land where they're not, where they're not from. Um, marriage is a massive, massive way. Um, or marriage yeah. is seen as like a really, really big signifier of like cultural retention in a way. And, and I mean that in the sense of who is your child marrying? And this will kind of lead on to, you know, what we've planned to talk about later on about yeah. interracial marriages, but it's this kind of cultural anxiety that if my child is not following certain norms, then, um, you know, we're, we're losing that sense of our identity. You know what I mean? Like, so in that or, way- Or I, that you've been ostracized from the community. Yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. in some ways it's like, even if your parents themselves don't agree or don't believe that, not marrying means this, that, and the other. It's almost as if they as if they have to abide by those certain ideals because the community in which they live and they function does, you know? So I feel like it's such a trade-off. It's such a trade-off between understanding the cultural anxieties and, and why that might lead them to overcompensate, but also trying to unlearn and, and reteach that, you know, actually this is not the case and and that there are alternative yeah. kind of ways of living. Do we feel like the strong role of the community in a lot of South Asian um, communities. Mm. Do we feel like the role 100%. of it is, 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 it, is it, it? No, but no, but no, but do we feel like that is positive or negative? In my, in my um, sense, oh, sorry, go on. Uh, it goes, it goes back both ways, really, to be honest, yeah. like, as, as you've said, like, I, not to put me as another example, but like growing up in my community, I didn't really grow up in an Indian community up until, pretty much now because we've now kind of moved homes and we're right in the middle of an asian community and to be honest not initially but like they were all a bit like wait wait so ben's day and you're allowed that's cool with you and my mum and dad are like yeah and like mm. the fact that they're just chill about it rubs them up the wrong way mm. but obviously as time goes on their kids were young at the time so as of as obviously like 
years go on and their kids are now coming up to the point where they're like starting to think about dating they're starting to talk about people and now they're cool with it because yeah they don't really have an option yeah that is so true that is so true i always <laughs> yeah. find yeah i'm sorry i'm getting so animated about this because i really agree like in in, in south asian communities so where i'm from like the area that i'm from in manchester is a very very close-knit south asian community especially the bengali community everyone knows everyone and it's like people will um uh the b word you know they will like talk down on on um like certain people and their life choices and then their kids will grow up and do the same thing and all of a sudden they've not got a problem with it mm. it's so true i think it's a it's it, it again like you say it's it's all come it all comes down to hypocrite hip, hypocrisy hypocrisy, hypocrisy. words weren't coming out today so <laughs> like i think it's just one of those things where like with people mm. i've always kind of just gone by like not i've just always kind of gone by my own old sort of thread in life I've, I've stopped kind of listening to what other people thought yeah i didn't do it with i didn't necessarily do it with white people so i was definitely wasn't going to do it with brown people do you know what i mean it was yeah, like for me it was yeah. like i knew where i was as a person like i was yeah. like this is what i'm doing this is what i'm going to do i'm going to drop medicine because i'm going to do something i want to do i want to go and do you. this i'm going to go and travel i'm going to do me and if you've got a problem with that send it to my email i'll check it <laughs> maybe reply to you in like now to 10 years later or probably when you've gone away I don't really care. So ultimately, sometimes for me, like for me, there's also a level of respect that you kind of also have to adhere to the community as well. You yeah. can't just completely brush them off. Mm. So mm. it's a bit like, because my parents are friends with them, that's I'm the good thing. at being level-faced. Yeah. Like, I think I'm that's the being, thing, like, like, sorry, go on. <laughs> no, no, it's just like, I'm pretty good at being like, auntie, I, thanks, but no thanks. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not yeah. really, I'm not here listening to you to give me advice about my life that I've been running quite well for 24 years with my parents do you know what i mean it's a bit like it's like there's a balance between it too like you don't want to be too much of a you know you don't want to be too rude but you also have to like be like you can't control who i'm going to marry you know what i mean like i'm going to be marrying this person in however long or like it might even be like the next day if my like if my goes goes well do you know what i mean but like yeah that's it's like it's crazy that's the thing as well. It's like, even even if you personally don't care or like you fundamentally disagree with like certain social ideals, you can't, you can't, unless you completely, completely physically remove yourself from those circles, you can't completely neglect what is being said, especially because more time your parents will be involved. Do you know what I mean? Like in, in those community. And it's like, you can't ask your parents to like give up their community because your the community is not agreeing with your life choices. So like, there's always going to be a certain level yeah. of like credence that needs to be paid whether we like yeah. it or not and also like yeah. more generally if we're talking about the role of the community in our personal lives carlos when you're saying is it good or bad i think again like what ben was saying is it's a double-sided thing because in the one hand like having a community especially as ethnic minorities in a white country we need we need those communities because again it's that thing mm-hmm. of cultural retention you know to, to kind of make us feel identity and belonging and all that kind of things we do need to have those communities but also sometimes there might be certain backward or you know small-minded views that those communities hold that in in those regards it's really important to challenge them yeah but i feel like we're a long way away from challenging challenging them i don't see in these communities like people actually challenging those views i feel like it, it's 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 very unheard of um and even if it is it's just sort of like a tiny bit of a conversation here and there and, yeah. and you know nothing significant it's daunting like, isn't think... it it's so daunting oh, good. 
I feel like those traditional views do trickle down quite a lot and the the reason why like it's actually you said that it might not you know you're not seeing that change so quickly is because I feel like even people in our generation around our age still hold a lot of those traditional views Mm -hmm. like I can only speak from my experience but I know a lot of like Punjabis who still kind of not believe in but do kind of they don't go against the caste system or they think you only should marry within caste or you should only marry like a Punjabi Sikh or something like that it's not in in my 21 years of life I haven't seen much leeway on that either Mm-hmm. do you know what I mean mm-hmm. whereas I like, my family is... don't care about any of that like they're super progressive in terms of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um but I have seen like you know niche experiences here and there of people that really do care about that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and you just think it's not 1950s India like mm-hmm. it's 2021 in mm-hmm. in England mm-hmm. like yeah. so you just kind of want to shake someone a little bit and just say like come on fix up but you know there's different everyone has different perspectives based on you know their upbringing so I feel like some people still do hold those traditional views that kind of are preventing us from moving forward. And this is where you mm. see like like the extent of how the the extent of the formidability of certain social structures. For example, you know, Simon, you, you touched on the caste system and marrying within caste and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. again, I think this is maybe a good segue into what we had planned to talk about, like interracial like relationships now. So I think that is also a very like formidable yeah. social structure where we're taught to marry within mm. our own communities do you not think that south asian like love love songs just hit different like you know when you're doing up sad boy hours yeah it's not drake that i'm listening to it's Arjit sing <laughs> like honestly south asian music just slaps differently that the romance like and again it's it, it, it speaks to the mm. kind of difference between like western conceptions of romance and eastern conceptions of romance but for me personally i just think it hits different i agree i agree i feel like it it's a, a really poetic like it is a, it is it's, it's, so and it's a lot of, like depth and emotions mm, mm. i mean drake's poetic he's a rapper yeah. yeah yeah okay <laughs> all right yeah, let's not, let's as someone that doesn't not listen to this. indian music i back ben's point <laughs> right before we start like sending hands and stuff um right next topic we're going to discuss in today's love themed episode is interracial relationships so i'm going to hand this over to ben to start off with because obviously ben we know firsthand you are in an interracial relationship so you just want to tell us a bit about your story and yeah just go for it yeah so ultimately like the, it's not really like bollywood and action filled at this point it's very straightforward <laughs> um my girlfriend's white is from wales and the story really and my mom i met they basically my mom and parents met lissy and like they kind of just got along do you know what i mean and i think that was kind of like a big saving grace and i think early on growing up as well like my mom would always be like so um you'd let me choose your wife, right? And I was a bit like, <laughs> no. And like, obviously I thought it was a joke, do you know what I mean? Mainly all the way throughout my life. I thought she was just, you know, I thought she was just gassing me up, do you know what I mean? And she was like, ah, that's a joke, you know, like, yeah, I'm, you'll let me choose, right? And I'm like, mm-mm. I only started getting to probably like, probably the age of 14. I was like, you ain't joking no more, are you? You're like, you're, you're, you're deadly serious. You're like trying to be like, I'm joking, but you're not. Like, do you know what I mean? And ever since then, I was a bit like, yeah, I need to find myself a girlfriend or like, this could be, this could be the like, choice of like but that was again before i got them on the show so and like as we had a conversation about arranged marriages and, and seeing forced marriages and arranged marriages are different growing up i didn't see them as different and that was kind of down to my own ignorance to, to a certain extent and i think the older i got and like to understand that my parents were also in an arranged marriage also 
sort of not, but I can't really reveal that on radio because my mum and dad are listening. <laughs> so, and I think they were very open with me like learning the world and not necessarily being sort of held by tradition as they they were and you know like having to sit down and meeting each other the first time and like you know just like hanging out and just spending like an evening did, did in you have like did you guys marriage. did you face like um much or any resistance in your in your relationship like maybe in the beginning or anything with your parents um not so much as resistance, but I think my mum did genuinely feel like she was losing a boy. And to be honest, like, she was like, oh, no, like, who's this new girl? Like, is she going to take care of him now? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, mum, I've been independent boy. I've been independent since I was, like, a kid. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They were always very sort of like, you, you've got to do everything. We're not hand-feeding you. We're not, like, going to do yeah. the same thing that other kids get. Yeah. So they were always, like, giving me that sense of independence. So Are you, are you an when... only child, Ben? I am an only child. So it... And that's why I think they were also like, they didn't really want to sort of, I wouldn't necessarily say burden because it's the wrong word, but I would say held me up to expectations of a community that I would probably never really sort of see again once I've decided to do my own life. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I hadn't met Lissy, likelihood is I'd probably be in Norway doing something else or like I'd be finding my own life. Where, where, it could literally be anywhere. And ultimately, like, I didn't you, really ever, it's not that just... I didn't get a so for you, it seems like it seems like what you're saying, like for you, your relationship and, and you um, choosing somebody outside of your community was just one facet of you disengaging from a community that you don't necessarily completely resonate with anyway. Not necessarily as well, because it was it was like one of those things I grew up in a very different. I didn't really go to my school was pretty much oh, yeah, black and then like the, sm- the smallest minority being white. Yeah. And I think I could probably count in each year there was probably four Asians of different of different like um different countries as well it was like it was crazy like my asians were the minority in my school do you know what i mean and i think and but like also to remember that i used to go to a tamil church on saturdays because mom and dad still wanted me to be engaging into the community mm. so i played a lot of tamil songs i learned my i, I learned both my mom and dad's languages including a few others including punjabi and gujarati so like for me to kind of understand my culture and my background that was like the key thing regardless of who I was going to get with, whether she was going to be white, yeah, black, uh-huh, you know, like it uh-huh. wasn't something that I was, you know, like looking for in, entirely. It was something like, as long as I knew who I was, yeah. then ultimately I could be with anyone. Yeah. That was my, yeah. that was my main idea. And yeah. that's what mum and dad were trying to force me into it from an early age. They were like, I don't care if you get with an alien from Mars, as long as you can still be you and like hold on to your values to a certain extent, including your, your British self, yeah. then ultimately you're free to date whoever you want, but just no funny business in the house. I was like, fair enough, do that. Do you know what I mean? I think that was their main thing. And obviously there was also the Christian element of it as well, because both my parents are Christian. So they were like, yeah, definitely no hanky-panky business. Do you know what I mean? Like they were like, they were dead serious about that kind of stuff where they were like, date whoever you want, but Jesus is watching. Do you know what I mean? It was like that kind of stuff. (laughs) That's interesting that you say, that you said the whole, um, as long as you know who you are in yourself because i feel like that is that is really kind of like a major contention within the i mean so obviously just to kind of establish things for people who maybe aren't from the south asian community our our communities tend to be quite um tend to practice endogamy like mine mine definitely the bengali muslim community it's it's like you kind of have to marry a bengali muslim and not even that but like so i'm still a tea, which is a, re- a region in the northeast and it's like there's there's even further regionalism in that way where they're like they want you to marry a Sileti, you know <laughs> so it's 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 crazy mm-hmm. and 
And the thing, and for them, it's like, obviously, again, I've touched on it before when I, when I spoke about my parents' positionality as immigrants in the West. A lot of it is an anxiety of losing their cultural identity and therefore they begin to overcompensate by um, clinging on to mm-hmm. that cultural anxiety and that cultural identity too rigidly um and that kind of translates into marriage practices where they want you to marry someone specifically from the same region in the same country with the same religion and all of that um and and their thing is always that well if you don't then like you're how will you how will you pass on that bengali culture you know to your to the future generations and it's what ben said it's like if you in yourself are if you have a very sturdy relationship with your culture your native culture that's always going to be present regardless of who it is. Of course, it helps if, if, if you know, if, if you've decided that's something that's really important to you, of course, naturally, it's going to help if your partner is also in that same culture. But that doesn't mean that it can't be present there just because your partner is of a, of a different culture, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of like really the, as I said before, the difference in like perspective between like the older generations and, and our younger generation. Yeah, but I've also got to say that like relationships are generally just hard enough to talk to about two parents just generally speaking yeah, that's true. so when you bring about when you bring about interracial relationships you're a bit like a new right, so let's uh skip that part so we'll go to this part and let's see how we can traverse that because it's like so and this could be i think i actually think this is a little tougher for um, women in general and especially in south asian community to bring up the thought of an interracial relationship yeah whereas like for guys i feel like there is there isn't really too high of a bar to like to like be like oh it's completely it's completely wrong to well he's a son to so that boy do what he wants and i think there is there is a lot of that i wouldn't say discrimination but there is that prejudice and like, there, there is that level where it's kind of like guys get to do one thing and girls get to do another thing yeah so i don't know i'd, I'd like to hear your thoughts on those guys yeah especially in the two on live stream like how, how do you feel would you feel comfortable entering an interracial relationship or would you have some reservations like um i feel like i'm very fortunate in the fact that i wouldn't be scared to kind of come home to my family with someone of another relation like another race sorry um and i don't think they would really have any problems with it and i think it is something they have come to terms with as i've grown up and kind of become my own person and kind of discovered who i am in my own cultural identity and who i am without my cultural identity like in both respects and I think that came a big part of me, um, a big part of that came from me moving moving up north from London. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, obviously my um, my upbringing was, I was surrounded by South Asians and now obviously I'm really not, it's like quite the opposite. We're like a very large minority. Um, so I think me getting used to mixing with other ethnic groups and kind of taking on bits of their cultures and appreciating other people's cultures in a different light. My family have mm-hmm. seen me do that and they've kind of, become a lot more comfortable with the fact that like that it's they're not so stringent on me basically that's amazing um that's amazing. having to go go ahead with like a Punjabi Sikh or even a Jat because obviously they don't care about caste but even more than that they don't care about like the ethnic background of the person really yeah. anymore yeah. which I think is really good to see like uh, obviously I said this before earlier and it just shows like I just think the progression in some communities and some families that are happening like it's not all like as traditional I think obviously like Halima you were saying like you your family does uphold the tradition quite strongly but mm. you know there are instances where it is quite the opposite yeah I by the way just just <laughs> yeah, just yeah. just to clarify like I I strongly very fundamentally disagree with the notion that you have to marry somebody from mm-hmm. your I, I think it is it makes no sense like it's just the most yeah. regressive thing ever like it's just 
and I mean, like I said, I understand like from from the parents is like the elders' point of view why that is, but also I just yeah, it's nonsense, man. <laughs> yeah, I feel quite strongly um, about that about how how much how nonsense it is. Mm. Yeah, Sakshi, yeah. do you have I any? Think that's also, sorry, so that, Sakshi, do you have any thoughts on? Um, interracial relationships or whether you as a South Asian woman would have any reservations going into one or yeah so um, I obviously grew up um, in a very white community and the friends that my parents did have the Wirral shout out to the Wirral where's that Um, what near liverpool yeah oh yeah yes. i do know oh it's because of your accent you i thought you i thought you were southern sorry no, no, you grew no. up in india yeah that was intentional you? i didn't want to catch the scouse accent so i was like when she said Wirral, i did think near liverpool but then i thought surely not because of her accent yeah you did yeah, grow up yeah. in India for a few years though, right? Yes, yeah. yes, oh. I did. I was born there and I lived there for about eight years, eight, nine years, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but anyways, coming back to the, yeah, the question. So basically my family was really good in the sense that they didn't really care about who I married mm. or who, who I'm dating or whatever. As long as they're mm-hmm. a good human being, that that was fine. Uh, but mm. I, I think like one thing that I'd like to address is, so my, my dad's a dentist and... Um, you know he inevitably had like this group of friends uh south asian friends that were doctors and dentists and you know that whole medical community and um like and that was my only way of meeting south asian other south asian young kids uh their kids do you know what i mean because i lived in a white community and i definitely like discovered that there were some prejudices um against people within the community as well as and and as there's this acronym that people use and I can't believe that they used and and these aunties were like you can't marry anyone BMW and it's standard for black Muslim and white and it was literally like like all these kids also like believed in that and they still follow it like they would not Mm -hmm. like date someone who is not from their community which I found so so astonishing um but coming back to pers- personally obviously i i you know i think you can date whoever you want doesn't matter um but i just think also like i haven't actually dated many people um within the south asian community and because i haven't i'm kind of curious to see whether it, it is easier because like I, f- I felt that when I wasn't dating someone South Asian, I'd had to explain yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff. Mm-hmm. And expenses. especially with women, mm-hmm. like I felt like there was this sort of fetishize- fetishization oh, of like, yeah. you know, yeah, exotic yeah. women yeah. From, the, from, from the East. Yeah. And I had yeah. to fight that constantly, even when I was dating someone. So yeah. I'm kind of open to the idea of dating someone South Asian now because I have dated someone non. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's a really, yeah. that, that was an important point that fe- the fetishization mm. of like mm-hmm. yeah um ben didn't yeah. you um have some stats on britain and europe and the south asian not south asian sorry interracial relationships i think if you haven't got it to hand i've actually got it up here um uh, just... give me two seconds yeah so according to the times and the sunday times in that in fact uh in the year 2000 britain has the highest rate rate of interracial relationships and that was the like it was the highest in the world 
which I thought was crazy. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, but it makes sense. Like times are changing. Yeah, um, yeah, but also it does. It does. You know when we were talking before about the reason why our parents kind of don't want us to is because of like the cultural retention and resonances and whatever else. I think one thing that they always forget when they're propagating the idea of intercultural marriages is that. Like where we have a very different positionality to our parents who are immigrants because we were born and raised in Britain, right? So yeah. other ethnic minorities or like other British people, like we we will have kind of things in common with them that our parents can't fathom because they don't have that personal insight, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, mm. it's not surprising to be honest. Like Britain is, I mean, obviously it's very white, but <laughs> the pockets of, of multiculturalism, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm quite surprised by that, actually. Sorry, Um, I'm quite surprised. I'm quite surprised that it's UK is um, by that statistic that you just said. So, but it's like a good thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It shows that we're making progress. Isn't it by the year 2050 that there's going to be the the highest ethnic group is going to be mixed? so that there's like basically by that point because <laughs> so many people yeah. <laughs> all the yeah. races foaming at the mouth love yeah. to see it <laughs> but right. also is like on social media and like instagram and, and media specifically isn't it that like racially ambiguous people are kind of deemed more beautiful or that's the new mm. beauty standard oh almost. yeah 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 like that, and it's promoted so much yeah. so i feel like yeah it's I, correlating that, that's that. the, that's yeah. the fetishization thing though like certain mm. like for example, there might be um, certain like people in the white community who wants who you know, for example, might fetishize South Asian people. I, I can all, again speak from the perspective of a woman. There are white men who look at South Asian women as 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 um, they the hypersexualizers in the sense that they exoticize us and you know this. As Sakshi was saying before, like you put it quite succinctly, um, I think that that's where the 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 thing of multiracial children becomes very. Um, problematic because they kind of want yeah. it as a fashion accessory you mm-hmm. know the thing is... the thing is as well i think there's especially um the idea of um wanting mixed race children when they're part white like oh yeah yeah the, yeah the conversation yep. is definitely yep. like they 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 want a baby that has like basically caramel like a bit like yeah just like fit that fit that like they look a bit like say exotic or mysterious mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. which is like messed up in itself like what is it these kids are like you're not you're not in a lab but you're not like messing yeah. around with that sort of thing which also and again like a lot of them mixed people who are mixed from other ethnic backgrounds that doesn't include the white background are mm-hmm. often like completely left out of the conversation like whenever you go on a um ethnic um background survey it's always white and asian white and black african white and black caribbean there's there's no option for anything else yes why because the the norm is that oh yeah it's going to be a white person marries a person of color like that that's what mixed is seen as Mm. but i guess i guess maybe it's not also also not as like prevalent for example, like in the South Asian community, and and this is again going back to what Sakshi was saying before about you know the acronym that she that she that she spoke about. I think um, so. Obviously, like as South Asians, like uh, touching on the racial hierarchy and things like that, we can't really discriminate against white people. But for example, if we're talking about anti-blackness in the South Asian community, um, dating practices and marriage practices can be a vehicle for discrimination, and they mm-hmm. often are. You know, like I know that at large, generally, the South Asian community would have a very different reaction to a South Asian bringing a white person home versus a South Asian bringing a black person home, you know. Mm. And in those ways, 
as I said before, it, it is a vehicle for you know certain discriminatory pra- practices such as anti-blackness to to play out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's almost a, it's like if 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 there's a white person involved, it's almost better than bringing a black right, person. Right, home. right, like, exactly. and that's always the case. I feel, yeah, and yeah. and you know, there's just this. I don't know the colonial hangover maybe yeah, i don't know definitely. where you just sort of think that whiteness is superior <laughs> to to other races i mean it's just an example of how anti-blackness is prevalent in the south asian community yeah. it's just what the marriage practice is yeah. one example of that anyway getting back to the final um discussion topic of today's valentine's episode um why is it important obviously we've had quite candid discussions over the past two hours about love relationships dating within the south asian community why is it important for us to talk to our parents and the rest of our families about these issues well i think we've spoken quite a lot about um our societies becoming a lot more progressive and in other ways they haven't and some people that really strongly uphold the traditional values that we kind of sustain. And I think that having the conversations that start from our generation, talk, yeah. speaking to the generation above us, is real, really the real way to incite the change in which we can start to see a lot more welcoming of different avenues in terms of like marriage or not marriage, relationship or not relationship, like people's personal yeah. life choices, you know, interracial or sticking within the community. Like, I think that's the real way in which change is going to be incited is when we start sure. kind of having the conversations as uncomfortable as they may be mm. i can understand if relationships are quite a taboo topic in our community and we don't discuss these things necessarily very openly mm-hmm. but it is about yeah. i think also as as much as we're going to break the boundaries setting them as well saying like this is mm. these are our lives now like we're all in our 20s and we're going to live for ourselves in a way and if we're not kind of living to please the community anymore pleasing this auntie that wants me to get married by 23 or do you know what I mean like it's all about kind of making that progress and kind of furthering ourselves away from the traditional views which can be obviously very like overbearing especially for women as we've discussed Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I am speaking of my own um, relationship um, my girlfriend is of full Indian heritage Um, I myself am mixed um, half Indian half white British and we've been together for nearly like five years now and i think our relationship within the community is, Ooh, is like, yeah, yeah <laughs> how uh, often are you guys getting the question when you're getting married it's, it's more like when are we not getting the question like oh, literally yeah, all the time. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> but it is basically um it, we are like constantly like um, my girlfriend's mum's friends come up to her and say oh like this is such like a big thing like because I don't think me and my girlfriend have talked <laughs> about it and like we're like is our relationship interracial and she was like I don't think it's interracial I think it's more intercultural which yeah. I think definitely is like I would agree with that in terms of like mm-hmm. I had very like western upbringing and I um, wasn't really exposed to that much South Asian culture and be mm-hmm. like being with her family and like for example I spent like the majority of lockdown um, or the first lockdown at um within her family home and um it's definitely it's been great for me in terms of like being exposed to this culture that is part of me that i've never really had before and also i think it, it's just like people like come to the come to um like i said come to my girlfriend's mom and i was just like oh like it's so cool like it's so cool how you're cool with this like sort of thing about like mm. like our, our relationship being like public and my girlfriend actually posting on social media like yes i have a boyfriend like sort of thing and yeah. i don't know i suppose it's like kind of cool to be like be 
the the voice of change in that sense like you say it's about like yeah. changing boundaries but also like setting them and like yeah like still get the question yeah. about marriage like all the time and like literally i have like like um carlos please invite us to your wedding don't, like, don't worry it's yeah. i'll sing it better be like a five yeah. seven day wedding you know like yeah, yeah. You really bring i want to wear a nice like uh, this is what... i want some jalebis please oh. i'm telling you now there's no jalebi baby i'm just i'm leaving <laughs> oh right no it's definitely like obviously 100 percent. you guys are there um helena your invite may get lost in the post if you're going to sing so. <laughs> yeah. i'm to be the wedding singer <laughs> Um, oh, rude. no comment um but yeah so what do we think the future holds because like i said obviously 2050 the main ethnic group i think it's in britain or maybe the world is meant to be mixed and i doubt it's the world but yeah, probably maybe... probably uk then though like, wait basically there's going to be a lot more or it's predicted there's gonna be a lot more interracial relationships a lot more breaking boundaries a lot more um mixing of cultures what do we yeah. think that means for the south asian community in the future i do sometimes well, i can't lie i do sometimes think about this like you know when we were talking before about the reason why our parents are so kind of they overcompensate so much because obviously when you're an ethnic minority in the west there is always a very material danger of you losing that kind of that part of your identity but then again i guess it's all down to personal progative because some people it doesn't mean anything I mean, at the end of the day all identities are performance by the way cultural identity that's all a performance national culture yeah. character all of that it's all a yeah. performance some people don't care like some people genuinely they, i'm just living my life how i want to and they don't really care about that me personally having a very culturally traditional upbringing and growing up where i grew up things like culture matter a lot to me and like especially um in mm. my own life so much of my own identity construction has been through the parameters of bengal of bangladeshi culture specifically um at times like my my contention as an ethnic minority in britain has been sedated and soothed by by retreating into my native culture so i do personally kind of worry a little bit like oh you know how am I going to be able to kind of like to retain that in future generations and make sure that my my kids and my grandkids always know like where they've come from and what came before them and all of that but then I also think like when I'm dead I'm dead like <laughs> what does that matter you know yeah. in some ways like I, I, I'm dead I just do a 180 and I'm like just completely nihilistic about it but I don't know you know what it is some of it it's like you have to just relinquish control at a point you know, you just have yeah. to, at some point, you can't control who your kids are going to marry, who your grandkids are going to marry. And, and and even if they, for example, even if they were marrying, like, within your own community, there's no guarantee that the person that they're marrying is going to perform their cultural identity in the same way, you know? So there has to be a relinquishing of control in, in some ways. But for us, in terms of, I think we're very much still at the point of breaking boundaries. I'll say, like, we just got to be, like, courageous yeah. a little bit. When cool. I think about like my family and I think about my community, bro, you can't go against them without courage. Like you really can't. It's not an easy feat mm. at all. I think yeah. it's important um, if you are going to be take those steps though to make sure mm. that you've got a um what's it called a support system in place yeah, outside 100%. of your family because it can be difficult. Yeah, and like obviously, I'm not trying to play into any sort of stereotypes because we all know that there's a lot in. Like, for example, with the Rochdale grooming gangs, etc. Yeah. Literally, there'll be one example of something and then everyone just yeah. goes off and like that. Yeah. But yeah. that yeah, being yeah. said, obviously, um, if you are going to be breaking these boundaries, make sure that you've got um, people 
um there to support you who will yeah. like be there for yeah. you if your family does not agree with you or if your other members of society aren't a fan because we don't what we don't want is to say to people yes go and be courageous and then them to end up on the street you, yeah you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, like, yeah yeah it's, it's it's a trade-off at the end of the day like put your safety first but if you're in a p- place where you can like don't stand for certain like restrictive cultural norms yeah that, that's my advice ultimately i would just like to say like also just the point I think for me growing up, especially me, is like I'm quite good at being very just blunt with things. I just like being extremely honest. And I think mm. with my parents, especially, like I haven't really kind of had anything to hide from them. And if I had, I always question why I've had to hide it from them, if you know what I mean. And I think, like you said, I think, again, like, like Carlos and Halim have said, if you're going to be courageous, be smart. Like that's ultimately the biggest thing. But and be have make sure you have a support network. Make sure that you like you say don't get yourself homeless or whatever overnight. Mm. But also, just as much as you might you might be rooted within your cultural norms or your the other side of your culture in your life, you also have to owe it to yourself to be a human person. Like this yeah. will affect your mental health in so many different yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah. So you have to think about that too. Mm. Like, just remember that your decisions. Are ultimately or what are going to make you you from 10 years from now tomorrow even like these decisions are something that you have to focus on and make sure that like for you you're you should prioritize your personal happiness in my opinion and that comes from being completely and open and honest and yeah sometimes parents might not want to hear it but having that conversation will first away break open that door yeah and that you know- open up there's that's a lane now yeah, you know, like one thing with immigrant parents that I always say is that they're always like fall in line. Like they have to like obviously certain like in, in the Desi community, like we have certain kind of ways of upbringing and things like that. And some things can be quite strict. And and there's always I mean, we've spoken today about relationships, but this can go into so many other things. You know, like if we're talking about career, mm. living situations, like just whatever life choices that we make as young Desi people, there's always sort of like cultural, there's always that element of cultural resistance because of the way that our communities mm. are set up. Um, and uh, you know, I completely forgot my point. What was I saying? <laughs> uh, like this will be like there will be a lot of resilience against uh, from people within the com- uh, community. Yo, and I there will really... always be people coming at you. We'll we'll come back to you. What's on earth? That's just completely um, gone. But basically, what I wanted to say was, I think, I think this, you know, wanting of change. Um, I think speaking about personal experience is um, looking at it a little bit. Um, in a myopic sense. I feel there are so many structures for change to occur. Like, Mm. you know, you can't Mm -hmm. just have a conversation with your family and keep having those conversations with your family and expect things to change. Like there's larger things at stake here. Like, and you know, and we're probably speaking from a privileged perspective because we don't have like consequences marrying someone and and you know like being attacked or like being violently attacked those sorts of consequences um and when in in terms of in terms of like marrying interracially or even out of our culture like when i think about Mm. india and where india is at this moment in time there is so Mm. much resistance it's violence community-based violence there and i like you know a lot of basic of the basic community that are immigrants here have ties to their 
uh, birth country. They have relatives there. They visit often. You know, they have this back and forth. So they're also well, intimately involved with the culture and present time in the in their original country, yeah. which is also going to affect their views here. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that plays a, a, a bigger role in 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 our individual choices, sure. um, and that is as much of a catalyst to change, changing, being involved in those sorts of conversations and and activism, as it is over here. Like you know, I, I, I think privilege is something is something that people have, like without without personally them <laughs> having to do anything about it, and. I agree with you completely because, like, I come from. I personally am in a very privileged spot, hundred percent. Like, I know where I come. Like, I know how. Like, the fact that my mum and dad are just like, yeah, all right then. Do you know what I mean? Like, Uh. there is that. And but for the community that I'm now part of and the people I see more often, like aunties and uncles, literally down the road, and their kids talking about wanting to get into relationships, and they're looking at me like I've got like answers for them to be asking whoever they want to ask out. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, all I will say is like their parents are still kind of slightly backwards in the sense not backwards that's a bad word bad remember that but in the sense of like they're still kind of like holding down two cultural norms like they get to decide they get to choose blah 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 blah. or like eventually that that's what needs to happen and mm. i've always said like the one thing that can never really damage anything is a conversation like and the reason yeah. i say conversations are important yeah fair enough fair enough like, the whole idea of a protest is that we can keep doing it slowly and slowly and slowly but like if we're going to come down at like 25 years ahead of time and then suddenly decide that actually this was a bad move why did i let someone else decide what i should have done oh was was it because grace auntie asked me to become oh, should have said that she was disappointed that i didn't finish medicine or something like but also i don't i don't I don't think it is like that though like obviously we are influenced by our culture but also like sure. but, each person is also very aware of what they want in life in in mm, terms of mm, you know yeah, you know yeah. or what their will is I, I i don't think it's it's quite a stringent view to say that you're kind of largely influenced by these sorts of things and you don't have free will at all especially living in britain oh, no, no, no. Of course not. Of course not. Uh, i don't know i don't know you know i feel like we can't underestimate the, the role of family pressure in my experience and that's that's me coming from a very very like i said rigidly traditional background yeah this is like great stuff guys but we are gonna have to round things off there um, yeah. tune in for part two next week um but yeah thank you so much we're so sorry we took we took over the conversation i felt like you didn't say, you didn't say much at the last no time. no it's fine i had my piece i basically just agreed with everything you guys were saying i was sitting here like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you it should have been me like ad libbing everything you were saying yeah <laughs> thank you so much to you three for tuning in and halima for coming in um thank you. yeah this has been really nice having all of us speaking and obviously speaking about stuff that's a bit less serious as yeah, well like yeah, yeah. we've been quite like heavy yeah. on the topic so maybe we should make sure at least once a month to do something that's a bit more relaxed that's a bit more fun sort of thing. yeah, yeah. we need Bounce. to do another buzzfeed Bounce. quiz halima as well that yeah, was we fun we did the hogwarts one but yeah, you can tune in next week, three to five, um, on Pi Radio to listen to Mango Masala, the South Asian show. What have we got lined up for next week? Oh yeah, we'll be joined by um Ashveen from the Hear Me Raw podcast. So and tune in for that. Yeah, nice. Um, It'll be amazing. It is going to be amazing. We've got people coming left, right, and centre. We're we're making moves, guys. Like. Good to see it.
Get in touch, guys, if you want to come in. Yeah, at Radio, at MangamasalaMCR. Just just DM us. We'll we'll reply for sure. Also, send us music if you want it to be played. We'll definitely give it a listen. I wanted to give like a little shout out. The reason I was late is because I was um, helping out with a workshop with this uh, company, Bath Coaching. There's two um, there's two South Asian women based in West London, and it's basically all about child and adolescent mental health, and they do a lot of workshops helping out. with basically under 18 mental health and i'm hoping like to have them on the show pretty soon as well they're definitely going to do an interview so yeah yeah for sure well, coaching, check them out yeah definitely Amazing. check Will them do. out as well yeah thanks a lot for listening guys we'll see you next week see you next week see thank you, you. Bye. Bye. Bye.